Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the TFC Audio Project. In this episode of Shop Talk, Mike and I unpack the details of the Vibram lawsuit that started in 2012. It's something a lot of people bring up and very few people actually take the time to fully look into, so there's a lot of misinformation out there. We cover the main points put forth in the case and have a conversation about each one individually. By the end, you can make up your own mind as to whether the verdict makes any sense and what lessons we can learn from it. This episode is sponsored by TFC Balance Beams. Our new 1.4 beam is officially out, and it's our most affordable beam yet. It comes in 3, 4, 5, and 6 foot sizes and gives you a durable piece of equipment to refine your hip stability and help combat things like low back pain, knee pain, and foot problems, which a lot of times are byproducts of having tight hips. Each beam is made in Canada and includes access to our online movement database that challenges you with progressively harder movements to try on your beam as you improve. Go to tfc-shop.com and click on the beam tab for more info on those. This episode is also sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which we use to transport gear for our seminars and workshops. They make super high quality cases that can keep your electronics safe during travel, and you can check out their cases at nanook.com, N-A-N-U-K.com. That's it for sponsors, so let's get into this episode. Hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. It's a collective effort. Help people understand their bodies, starting at the feet are the gateway for people to see that there's an issue. You know, a foot conversation is always a whole body conversation. Hey folks, Mike and Nick here for another episode of the TFC Audio Project. On this episode of Shop Talk, we're going to dig into the Vibram lawsuit um, that happened, that started in 2012, and kind of just go over the facts because we really feel it was it wasn't done very much justice in terms of the public knowledge about what actually happened. I think a lot of people think that because um, you know they know about the Vibram lawsuit and they use that as an excuse to say that Vibrams aren't good for your feet. But when you actually look into the details of the case, the, the points that were made, what actually was the end result, um, it's more of an illustration of how silly the legal system is than uh, than than proving the fact that Vibrams aren't good for your feet. So we're gonna dig into that um, and just in general at the end. We're going to talk about, you know, where does the onus lie in terms of someone making a product and and how it's used? You know, where's that responsibility lay on? So just as a disclaimer, Mike and I are both physical therapists with an, a keen interest in foot dysfunction. Um, the company we work for, the Foot Collective, does sell Vibram products because they're awesome. Um, but we don't work for Vibram, nor was it their idea, or do we get money from doing this podcast. So this was all on us. Um you know, as a group of health professionals with the goal of giving people information on how to improve their bodies, we're we're here to say things that Vibram might not be able to, right? Possibly due to legal ramifications, but we're tired of the crap uh, of not being able to kind of speak your mind. And as a proponent of free speech, we can say this stuff. So we're after the truth, even if it hurts your feelings. And if it does, we're sorry. Um, so that said, let's let's get into the facts. So in 2012, a consumer bought a pair of Vibrams and started a class action lawsuit against Vibram saying that they made claims about their footwear uh, without scientific merit. So I think, you know, firstly, I want to mention that although it might seem like it from the points of the lawsuit, I think it's important to note that the lady who started this lawsuit didn't actually suffer any injuries from using her Vibram shoes. She just felt that um, the claims were unsupported. But at the end of this, we'll we'll let you guys decide for yourselves. So in May of 2014, Vibram reached a settlement and paid out 3.75 million. Uh, and anyone that bought Vibrams between 2019 or 2009 rather and 2014 was entitled to claim a refund. Um, and Vibram also had to walk back its claims and remove references regarding the benefits unless they could quote unquote prove them. Um, 
Interestingly, of that 3.75 million, only 2.2 million was paid out to suit participants. So where'd that extra 1.5 million go? It went to lawyers. Um, so there's the real ones that ended up winning in this whole thing. They made a lot of money. Um, and the real take home from myths from this whole story is like we said, Vibrams aren't bad for your feet, uh, but how you use them can make them not so good for your body in the short term. So, um, so the points that were made, we'll go through, I'll just quickly list off all the points and then we'll go through each one individually. So number one, their shoe, uh, these are the points that they made. The shoes strengthen muscles of the feet and lower leg. They improve range of motion at the ankles, feet, and toes. They stimulate neural function important for balance and agility. They eliminate a heel lift to align the spine and improve posture. And the last one was that Vibram shoes allow the foot and the body to move naturally. So let's go through each one because I really think that each one's kind of a good illustration of, of actually showing people and, and kind of clearing the air on these points. So Let's talk about the first one. Their shoes strengthen the muscles of the feet and the lower leg. Mm-hmm. This one I find hilarious because if you, you know, if you look at the base premise of if a muscle isn't used, it gets weak. If a joint is not moved, it gets stiff. I think, I think a starting point is we have to agree on that point. And if someone doesn't agree on that point, then maybe they don't understand physiologically how the body works and they need to inform themselves before they even get into a discussion. Yeah, um, because that seems to be you know, the only point of contention. And and if you understand that, you know, first of all, that statement is 100% true. Their shoes, when compared to when you wear conventional footwear, that's stiff, rigid, has a heel lift, um, and gives the foot support. If you go to something like, and and just to let everyone know, Vibrams are basically a glove for your foot. They make a variety of models, but um, at its core, it's basically something to protect your foot and not do anything else to it. So, if you look at the fact that most shoes support the arch of your foot um, and and don't really force your feet to work very much, then by going to something like a Vibram, your shoe, your your feet will get stronger. Your lower leg muscles will get stronger. Um, well, it's just it's the simple principle is the said principle. So specific adaptation to impose demand. So you're asking more of your feet in and your ankles, um, specifically like your your lower leg muscles and tendons and basically mm-hmm. everything around the foot and in the ankle you're asking more of is when you walk in vibrams or um and a lot of people we gotta like make the distinction of like walking and running because a lot of t- a lot of time people are like well running in vibrams and the conversation is of running but i would say that the conversation is just in vibrams in general yeah that's but a it, different it, conversation especially when you're talking about running it's going to make you run differently it's going to make you load the tissues of your ankle more um and it's going to it's going to put stress on those tissues and that's how we actually develop strength uh, and resilience and that's how we build up more uh, tendon uh, basically that's how we make the changes in the cross-sectional area of tendons through through loading and we know mm-hmm. this through through research and there's there's you know plenty plenty of studies that to show this and again underneath all of these studies is just the said principle it's like if you load something it's going to get stronger depending on the load you put on it now if the now that's the thing is like so that's that's point number one. It it does if you load a muscle, if you load a group of muscles, and if you load tendon and tissue, it's going to get stronger due to that load if you recover from it. So yeah, that's, and and I think the point is that like loading your tissues and loading your tendons and your and your body is not a bad thing. But the question is, are you ready for it or not? Do you have the are your feet conditioned enough to be able to do that without breaking down or without giving you injury? That's yeah. the real question. It's not whether or not you should be doing it or not. Everyone should be gradually doing that, but if you if you're used to you know if you break your leg 
it's okay to use a crutch until you start being able to use your leg again. Yeah. You don't just ditch the crutch overnight and expect your leg to work perfectly again. You got to slowly progress back into loading the muscles, loading the joints. And the same thing with the foot. If you do it overnight, you're going to have problems. And it doesn't mean that that was a bad thing. You just didn't do it right. And that's irrespective of the fact that that point number one is strength, it, that it that it claims to strengthen your muscles in the feet and lower legs. And that's true. So yep. it's ir- irrespective of if you got injured doing it or if you overloaded it too much, just like if you went to the gym and said like, okay, well, the bench press can strengthen my ability to uh, press a bar with weight on it. So, yes. so, but if I load up the bench press with 300 pounds my first time and I tear my pec, <laughs> it's not the barbell's fault. It's not necessarily the barbell. And we could claim that the, the barbell the point number one is the barbell strengthens your uh, pressing muscles. And we yeah. could say yes. So that's all That's all that they're claiming here. So I would say that we can kind of agree that that point is kind of unjust. And if they're claiming that's false, that's kind of, I don't know where the evidence is there. Yeah, like I, th- I think, you know, we did the science versus research podcast. And I think this is a beautiful illustration of this point that we made where it's like, everyone wants a friggin' study to prove every single point. It's like, can we not just agree on basic logic instead of like, trying to find a cop-out and a, and, a, and a hole out of an argument to say, oh, well, where's the study? It's like, well, you don't need a study to prove there's that. there's plenty of studies too, though. That's there's the plenty thing. of studies, but there's not going to be a direct study comparing probably someone going from yeah. conventional shoes to this kind of shoe with an EMG showing muscle activity and the no, fact exactly. that it strengthens through increased activation. You know, like you're not going to, you can just kind of dismiss anything you want to say oh there's no exact study proving exactly this it's like well, well you, you should you yeah. shouldn't need one no exactly you can pick a you, know? you can pick a bunch of other studies to prove this if you wanted to like the said principle or like tendon loading principles like there's you know eccentric loading yeah um four foot striking studies that show you that you land differently and mm-hmm. therefore you are putting more load on those tendons therefore you're you're applying that other principle that we took from the other study so you can pile together all these other studies to to make the point you want to make but again that's not the the necessary point of this um and so i think point number one we've we've touched on and that's pretty (laughs) yeah we've gone very deep into that one and i think like part of this upcoming footner program part of the tuition that everyone pays and and the entire outlay of where all that tuition money is going will be made transparent to everyone but part of that is going to be a portion of those funds is going to go into a tfc research fund and that fund will be used as kind of a catch-all of resources to be able to do some more specific research to demonstrate unequivocally what we already know to be true by by way of physiological principles. It's like if you, and then, you know, showing that this does in fact strengthen your foot and then also getting into what is the best way to transition? Like, is there a, a formula where you can have an algorithm to give people to say, okay, you're in this beefy, huge built-up shoe you want to get to something like a vibram here's how we start the transition to get to just be able to walk right to use this as your everyday shoe and then also here's the transition to go in running uh and and kind of the speed at which it takes for these tissues to change and based on normal strengthening timelines so i think that's something that in future you know will really help solidify this with science if people are insisting that you need a research study so point number two uh they improve range of motion in the ankles feet and toes Once again, this is like the exact same thing that we just said, but in talking about joints instead of talking about um, muscles, right? Like almost every shoe you find in a store is rigid, has a heel lift, and limits articulation of your toes. So if you go from something that doesn't allow movement in those joints to something that doesn't inhibit them, 
Yes, your ankles are going to move more, your toes are going to move more, and your feet are going to be more mobile. Like it just it, it, it makes sense. And and you're forced to use the range of motion more when you don't have those things in a shoe. So you're just yeah. forced to use your big toe to to actually walk through your big toe to use your ankle range of motion. So all of these things are just like yeah. So that's that's what it allows you to do. It's just like if you were barefoot. <laughs> so intuitive. Um, so I don't think we need to touch too much more on that one. But but I mean it's like you say it's it's just related to point one. Um, now again, you could nitpick that study and be like, prove that it, that it, you know, that it improves range of motion in the ankles, feet and toes. And like, again, like, I think we're getting way off track with that. It's like, okay, well, we'd have to like go in and look at these, you know, again, it's like how far off track do you want it to go with this? It's just silly. Like this, honestly, even just talking about this hurts my brain to even know that this went to court and was like, and that Vibram actually paid money because this is, this makes... If anything, these points are a beautiful illustration to actually educate people. And at the end, we're going to talk about this. Like, the on, who's is the onus on Vibram to educate people how to use these things? Yeah, you know, and make some analogies to kind of bring to light how silly it would be to to only say that Vibram was responsible for this. Um, in order to tell people exactly how to use it, because people are going to use shit in the wrong way. You know, yeah. someone can. You know, you can take a hammer and build a house or you can smash your toes to bits. You know, it's not, you know, if you use a tool for a shitty purpose or you use it the wrong way, is it the fault of the hammer maker that someone smashed their toes in half with a hammer instead of using it to build a house? I don't know. So we'll talk about that at the end. But point two is basically copy of number one, just with joints instead of muscle. Yeah. That one we don't really have to go much on. Third one, Vibram shoes stimulate neural function important to balance and agility. This is kind of the exact same thing again, just in terms of sensory feedback. Yeah. So we can go into it slightly. Like if your feet are a sensor designed to feel the ground below you and you stick layers of foam and air between you and the ground, the feedback you receive in those nerves, you know, all hundreds of thousands of sensor nerves in in the sole of your foot will be numbed. So if you get rid of those layers, which lets your foot feel the ground, it definitely creates increased neural function, which creates feedback important for balance. Like that's, this is not, this is a no brainer yet again. And, um, uh, yeah, exactly. And that's directly influencing your balance. The more you feel, the more you can actually, because it's a stimulation game and it's, it's a, uh, it's an input game from, from any sort of sensor in the body. It needs input. So, so you're directly allowing to get more input with, with a Vibram shoe or anything like a Vibram shoe that, that just allows for it. Well, stand on and flat, stand on flat, hard ground, then stand on a huge chunk of foam. What's mm-hmm. easier to balance on? Yeah. The hard ground. Because the foam literally takes away your sensory feedback and your, you know, the feedback going into your foot is less certain when you're on something squishy. So if you get rid of the squishy stuff, better neural feedback, better balance. Like, once again, this is very intuitive. And the fact that they would say that it's false, that going to a harder, firmer ground um, gives you more feedback is, is like... It's just, this is so whack. This is so yeah. crazy. The more I went into this and analyzed each point, I was like, wow. The fact that the Vibram actually was forced to pay this out is just a, a gross demonstration of how silly the legal system is and how they get caught up in stupid crap when money is at hand, more and, so than actually proving a point that's valid. And you can and you can see how like lawyers in the legal system would be able to theoretically argue this. It's all spin. Because you can it spin way. it and say that there's no, like, how can you prove A and B? And, like, how can you prove that balance is improved from the sensation? Like, where's the study to prove that? <laughs> like, again, it's like, so is this like study game where we're trying to throw studies at each other? Um, 
But that it's logic. It's called logic no, exactly. and an understand, a physiological understanding of how the body works. The funny thing is, if you went and did your, your due diligence, you could make a solid case with all of the research out there. Mm-hmm. But you'd have to go through a ton of research and show that, okay, like, you just make the case via research. Like, okay, so there's this amount of nerves underneath the foot. They require stimulation from the, from the ground via light touch, via all the pressure with sensors in the foot. Okay, so we know that. And then we know that. And then you'd have to find a study on, like balance in its relation to that we'll do a study showing people have shittier balance when they're on a big chunk of foam and then show they have better balance when they're on hard ground yeah therefore this point is valid because we're talking about going from squishy shoes maybe it's because they didn't list a baseline like i think these points are made by vibram in comparison to a heavily cushioned shoe Mm -hmm. i don't know if they mentioned that or not because it's that like that's an important you got to know what baseline you're comparing it to right if you're making a fact you got to know okay this fact is being said in relation to the assumption that this person is going from this type of shoe to this type of shoe. So. Or did they, the lawyers claim that they should have done the research too? That's another thing. It's like, well, you guys didn't do the research on specifically Vibrams mm-hmm. um, versus specifically something else showing yeah, that, that it's it. specifically. So again, Either way, it's silly, but I, you're right. I think playing devil's advocate and looking at the opposite side of the fence, you can probably find... Think of ways that lawyers could have spun this to make it a, a compelling argument. And it mm-hmm. tells you, you know, but it's still, it's such misplaced precision in terms of like nitpicking silly things to try and yeah. make it. Ca- it's not a strong case. It's no. not a strong case at all. It's very, very wishy-washy. And the fact that, you know, it wasn't actually ruled in their favor, right? Vibram was basically, it's like anything. You threaten a lawsuit you put a bunch of money behind it and and get lawyers to threaten tons of time in courtrooms and bad press and all this bullshit. And eventually you get to a point where, you know, if you're vibrant, you're like, oh, this is such a pain in the ass and headache, even though it has no 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 strength behind it. Mm-hmm. But let's just pay out whatever we need to to stop this nonsense from happening. Right. It's just like the legal system sucking resources out of a company or out of people just to make money. Right. Like it's a lot of money, money went to lawyers. They're the only ones that won out of this whole thing. So, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And it comes back to like I think that's another point we should make is that if there's a if there's a a want in the marketplace, like okay, so there's people who who like running barefoot but they don't want to be on uh with their skin exposed to the to the ground. Yeah, so they don't want to shred their feet. So up. there's a so it's like okay, we wish we had a shoe that allowed us to run barefoot but we didn't we wouldn't like shred our feet on let's say concrete or whatever. We wish that existed. Okay, here's a company that that produces that. So mm-hmm. we have what you want. Now I buy that from you. So it's like like that's where I don't know, that's pretty simple. Um now the the we'll get into that at the end is like where should the onus lie for their education component of it mm-hmm. but if you strip all that away it's like some people want this product and then mm-hmm. uh, here's a company that can make that product for them to fill that gap in the marketplace mm-hmm. so so again that it gets it gets wishy-washy once we get into all the well, other stuff but... like okay so a customer at the shop brought in her uh, cyborg which is like a really a super challenging and advanced um balance board tool directly on the top of the cyborg it says use at your own caution Mm-hmm. Like literally that company had to write that because some bimbo took a cyborg, bailed hard, smashed their face, and probably might have threatened to sue cy- whether that actually happened or not. That's that's kind of their thought behind that. The yeah. fact that you have to write these blatant warnings and it's not just like where did the whole buyer beware intrinsic yeah. statement come like go? Like if you buy something and you use it wrong or you hurt yourself on it, 
you bought it and decided to use it. Like just buying it and stepping on it should be, you should yeah. have to write that on the friggin' board, right? You shouldn't, Vibram shouldn't have to list, put caution tape around every friggin' shoebox and say, beware, this is how humans are supposed to function, but your feet are used to shitty shoes. So this mm-hmm. might not work out well if you do it right away. Like, you know, by that reasoning, Nike and Adidas should put warning symbols on all their boxes saying this shoe will make your foot weak, will make your foot stiff and will decrease your stability. Mm-hmm. But they're not doing that. So, you know, where does where does the reasoning go? It's just kind of weird. Think it's like, sh- what should we have to do versus what sh- should we do? Like yes. ethically yes. Um, and from like, uh, you know, just a company standpoint, because those are two different things. And then... Um, they did but a I, decent job. Like they educated yeah. people. Maybe they just didn't do it. You know, maybe they just didn't reach the right people that were buying their products or whatever the case may be. I, I think, you know, we're basically trying to do what what would have been the extreme of what Vibram could have done, right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to say they didn't do what they should have done because they did educate people, right? In every box of Vibram Five Fingers, there's literally a pamphlet that says exactly how to use them. Now, I don't know if that was since this lawsuit that they did that to cover their butts or if they had that before but i know they had some form of education and then i think back to the case is like it wasn't people think it was because people were getting hurt and that's kind of confusing because when you look into it the the settlement was based on um the claims they were making not mm-hmm. necessarily that people were getting hurt with it right? although i don't doubt that people were getting hurt oh, if they sure. used them poorly <laughs> for sure but i think that, but, like, yeah, it, right. but that's not what the case is about yeah so and that's not what the where the why the money changed hands mm-hmm. so that's what they're, say, they're basically saying it's false advertising yes yeah they're, it's false advertising by you claiming that your shoes do things that intuitively they do do yeah right if you have a base level of knowledge of how the body functions the shoes do this compared to conventional footwear um but because you didn't have an exact specific study you know on each of those points you weren't allowed to say that so slap on the wrist pay us money yeah that's what happened so let's get into the fourth point vibram shoes eliminated heel lift to align the spine and improve posture I mean, this one's real simple. If you stand on a ramp all day, which is what conventional footwear makes you do, then it messes up the alignment of your body. Ditch mm-hmm. the heel lift on flat ground. It literally improves your positioning and posture. Like an easy way to demonstrate this, people, if you take a Jenga, I think everyone's played Jenga maybe at some point in their life. It's basically a, a bunch of blocks stacked on top of each other. Um, if you put a Jenga setup on a ramp, the Jenga setup either falls over or you have to kind of realign all these different blocks to make it still be able to be straight despite being having its base be on mm-hmm. a ramp or an angle. The exact same thing happens with the human body. If you st- stick a wedge under your heel and want to still continue to stand up straight, you're going to do a bunch of things upstream to realign certain joint positions so that you can stand up straight instead of pitched over 20 degrees. Well, and it, yeah, it, it's like a simple, if you think about like a, a hill, so if you're standing on a, um, on a downslope, which is kind of what a heel is to to small extent, mm-hmm. um, you're relying on more anterior chain to prevent you from falling. So that's what it is. So you're you're relying on that. That's why your quads burn when you walk yeah. down a huge hill. And then, um, so when you're re- when you're standing up a hill, it's the opposite. So you have to rely on more posterior chain. So it's like if you're always on a hill, um, it's probably not the most natural thing to do. Like if you don't have to be standing on a hill as a human, you probably should. Try and stand on the ground. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you, you could stand on a hill, like, all the time, but that would be f- fairly unnatural. And then you, the thing is, you'd have to use specific kinetic chains to actually, you'd have to adapt those kinetic chains to be there to strengthen you. And then when you went back on flat ground, it would be 
a different scenario because you're relying mm-hmm. on if you're you're got, you're getting used to standing on a hill all the time. So so then when you go flat again, it's different. Yeah, and what's a big so, issue with a lot of people these days? Knee pain, right? They yeah. wear holes in the cartilage of their knee, which is their anterior chain, because everyone is crazy anterior chain dominant, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting, I think, does a big part of that, obviously. Um, but when you stand on a ramp all day, it just facilitates using more anterior chain and less yeah. posterior chain. That's what it is. So so I think that that's fairly simple um, yep. if we break it down from that. Because so true. Could, we could bring it all the way up to like, you know, a, a five inch heel mm-hmm. um, and say like, okay, well, what does a five inch heel do? And then what does it do to, to be on flat ground? Okay. Those are two different things. So yeah. And going like to flat ground does align your spine and improve your posture. Yeah. There's no, it's we not just, a question. We just know that. that. Um, number five, last point. So Vibram shoes allow the foot and body to move naturally. This is the craziest one. Okay. But like human beings, humans are designed to function with nothing on their feet. And mm-hmm. when we started wearing footwear, the original reason was protect your feet from damage, but that was it. And now footwear has veered so far off that and done so many weird things to to how our feet function that people literally, <laughs> people think it's false to say that a f- piece of footwear that protects your foot and does nothing else does not allow your foot and your body to move naturally. Mm-hmm. That's true. It it's, it does allow your foot and body to move naturally. The fact that people would say that's not true and need some sort of stupid study to prove that is so this is it's so whack. And again, they're probably going into deep into the points like what do you mean by naturally? Define naturally. Define um, all these things and that's where like the when the lawyers get into things you can make this like weird uh semantics case. But again, it's like well why are we if we can agree uh on a fundamental like simple level that that's true and i don't think without going into the the points for the purpose of making money um yeah that point should be kind of almost thrown thrown out as like logically true well here's Um, and here if you want to flip it on your head if there's a group of lawyers out there that want to make a lot of money by doing something a lawsuit that actually makes sense why don't you sue nike adidas and reebok or other big brands for selling people shoes that damage their feet that misalign their posture and that inhibit optimal movement because this is true and i don't know Mm -hmm. you know maybe there's you could easily do a study to show someone that's barefoot two people that spend all their time barefoot get one group to wear conventional footwear and get one group to wear something like vibrams or human footwear and show over time that it affects how they move that it affects their posture and that it affects their foot health that's an easy one to do and there's lots of money to be made there it's just or there's obviously that's not going to happen like where's the disclaimers Where's the disclaimers for like high heeled pointed shoes that yeah. that a lot of women wear that like there's no disclaimer saying this this may like beware this may um you know cause bunions cause bunions affect the cause foot pain cause foot pain <laughs> like in your heel cord exactly all the things that we know it does it's like well yeah it's like that's obvious but it's like there's no like why isn't there anyone suing those come like we could take the suing game to a whole new level if you wanted to sue every single thing that like but that's again that i don't think it should go there because i don't think it should go there either but but you could easily make a way better case in terms of suing for sure for all these other things the wrong company got sued when it comes to false footwear claims or or not putting warnings yeah that's what it is um so you know let's sorry go ahead yeah that's i think that that's the bigger argument in all this is just the whole thing is like silly um and it's I think that leads us to like, let's get into that a little bit more. How, where is the onus on? Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people thought that this, I think this just proved that a lot of people weren't educated on why they did get sued because people just kind of 
all they hear is Vibram lawsuit. And then they, then they kind of like make up the story in their minds as like Vibram got sued. They're bad equals bad. Like, so they don't see what actually happened and then like what actually the points were being made. And sure. what, so I think like the, what we just explained was like, people take the what actually happened. They yeah. take the headline. Like even in this past weekend seminar in Halifax, one of the people that was there wears Vibrams in the gym. And it was funny. He said that a couple of people in the gym that he works out in came up to him and says, Hey man, you know that those are uh, bad for your feet, eh? Like that was debunked. He was wearing his Vibrams and he just yeah. starts like grinning. He's like, it was debunked that we're supposed to be spend time without some weird contraptions on our feet. I like, yeah, I think you're just looking at the headline, bro. And maybe you don't like my shoes, but it's, you know, I think that, <laughs> no, exactly. Crazy. So what we just explained was like getting through the misconceptions around this whole thing and saying like, okay, yeah. well, this is how it actually was. But now I think let's try to get into like, okay, well, where does the onus lie? What should a company do? Um, um, when talking, like, let's say in a perfect case scenario, like, where does the line? Where should the line be drawn in terms of a product, um, educating people on a product, but also like the onus on the actual consumer to use that product responsibly or to educate themselves on the product? Well, you made like, a good analogy with vehicles. Yeah, right. I was saying so, like, so I'm a person. Yeah, you can say it, but I'm a person that wants a faster car. Okay, I want to go yeah. faster in my car. So yes. what do I look for? So like it, yeah. So like if you're if you go and buy a Ferrari and you've never driven a fast car. Like you're used to driving your Honda Civic uh, on automatic, <laughs> automatic Honda Civic around and you go buy a Ferrari and you drive it out of the dealership and crash it into a ditch. Um, is that the company's fault or is it, is it like, is it the product's fault? Is it the car's fault or is it your fault? <laughs> or yeah. is it, is it half and half? Is it, is it maybe they should have educated you on that? Or maybe you should have learned how to drive that? Or is it just all like, where is the, where does it lie? Because it's like a fast car that, that you've never driven and you don't know how to use Like if you don't know how to use a project and you've never used it, you have to get used to using the product and you have to learn how to use it. And if you get kind of like, let's say hurt along the way, like when it involves like bodily harm, okay, we got to look at this. Like, where does it, where does it lie? It's funny because a lot of car high-end car companies will now have their own in-house driving school. It's (laughs) like, if you cross the ditch, going out of the dealership you went too fast too soon and you didn't understand how to learn how to use it yeah if your feet break down or you're having all these problems with your body after switching the vibrams you went too fast too soon you ran too much too soon and you didn't know how to actually use the footwear properly you didn't know how to properly get back to how you're supposed to be moving right Mm. moving well like humans are supposed to move because you're so used to moving in a weird way that padded footwear and weird rigid footwear has allowed you to do you got to recondition your feet right like yeah. especially when we talked about at the start the distinction between walking and running first walk then run i think that makes a lot yeah. of sense when you say it but a lot of people don't actually do that and then just understand how to use it and i think that's where the education piece comes in it's like that's where i think that and i'm not like maybe i'm ignorant to to how much or how little they did educate yeah people initially back in their earlier days um but i think like in a perfect world, regardless of, uh, irrespective of, of Vibram, if you create a product like Vibram, let's say, um, like a piece of footwear that's more minimal, I think that like, as a company, it's a probably a good idea, not just to cover your ass, but also just to give your consumers of this product um yeah a better experience and just show them how to responsibly use this product like i think it's just like okay here's a product here's how you actually use it and so we've given you because you may not know you may be ignorant to how you use this product Mm -hmm. because you know some random person who's never who doesn't have a background in health and fitness like you can't necessarily expect them to know how to specifically transition to these shoes Mm -hmm. um but at the same time if you are transitioning to those shoes 
as a as a consumer, you should also do your homework do, in terms of due diligence of, and research yeah, it. Yeah. In terms of re- it, it's somewhere in the middle, and that line is kind of very blurry. But somewhere in the middle, it should lie. Um, and I think a lot of companies, like you say, are getting around it by just saying like, you know, it's not our fault. Basically, what happens like like this the cyborg or and again, it's like we almost have to do that in today's day and age where we uh, where we like to sue each other. So it's like you almost have to say like this buyer beware right like mm-hmm. this product may cause harm if used the wrong way but i think that's just the way the world works now like unfortunately i think yeah. that you just have to do that um so i mean if we if we take some kind of takeaway points so the truth is that human feet are adapted the the hardware that we have is adapted to function best when we're barefoot plain and simple so when you're barefoot yeah. your body will you know if you have a natural body, if you haven't been deconditioned and stiffened up by whether it's chairs or shoes or whatever it is, the the base premise is that your body functions best barefoot. And re- realistically, you can't be barefoot all the time. So you need to wear clothing on your foot that protects it from damage. Just like you wear sunglasses when you're out in the sun for a bunch to protect your sensors, but not inhibit them from functioning. So footwear loaded with tech hasn't been around for long. And, you know, we've seen the evidence ourselves and with our patients, like modern footwear is destroying people's feet right whether it's from a movement mechanic point of view or a mobility point of view or a sensory input point of view um we need to rethink footwear and you know i think we're on the same page that i've as physical therapists we're always trying to get people to responsibly make the transition to footwear that is more adapted to letting the human foot function optimally and and the real issue is that people aren't used to being loaded as much these days mm-hmm. um in terms of just your like literally your body weight on your feet so mm-hmm. like if the worst you get at like being able to if you're not loading yourself a lot then you're not going to be able to buffer and adapt to to loading so like that's where people like if you take the average person who's very sedentary and and has an office job and and hasn't um and doesn't have a fitness routine and things like that it makes sense as like, okay, well, you can actually be doing yourself harm in the short term by transitioning to, because you're just not used to the load. It's as simple as that. Exactly. The conversation should be about loading and loading parameters and mm-hmm. whether you're, you're ready for it or not. And how do we actually implement load so you can adapt to that load via the said principle? That's like what it is. Yeah. So like that's pretty black or white. So it's like... If you've never loaded your feet, <laughs> if you haven't loaded your feet for 30 years, okay, whether that's because... Uh, you spend a lot of time sitting, so the majority of that time you don't have actually the load of gravity going through. Your That's feet. what I'm seeing more and more. Is like <clears throat> if you look at it, it's like if we're spending, if evolutionarily we're we're meant to be on our feet, yeah. Like and let's moving. say 75 percent. I don't even know 75 percent of the day. Let's just mm-hmm. ma- have a thought experiment. Yeah, and I think but, that's even conservative. So I agree with that. So, but now we flipped it on its head, and now we're only on our actual feet. 25% of the day. And again, that's probably conservative too for a lot of people. And asterisks with that, when you are on your feet 25% of the day, are you wearing footwear that yeah. artificially supports the arch structure of your foot? Because that, you know, that 25% of the day that you're loaded, yeah, some of your joints upstream are loaded, but your yeah. foot's not loaded. Exactly. It's twofold. But like the fact that we're literally swung it from 75% on our feet to not on our feet, yeah. that's like a huge amount of time where you're just like not on your feet and you're not therefore loading your feet. 
So and how would like, your feet know how to be loaded if they're unloaded all the time? And, and like your feet and your body in general, like your yeah. whole body. Yeah. I think that's why people like it's the whole thing of like people are just losing touch with being able to to respond to gravity yeah. in a way that doesn't counteract kind of, gravity. Yeah, counteracting gravity better by actually like it's just like time under tension when it comes to like being loaded, like walking around. So you figure it out. Like you grab a weight in your hand. It's like you figure out strategies to, mm-hmm. um, oh, and when I grab a weight, I have to use a little bit more of this to keep me up and keep me from falling and crumbling to the ground well look at babies and stuff like, like that. babies don't have to be taught how to fight gravity they no. slowly learn through trial and error how to how their brain should be telling the muscles of their body to fire to stop them from crumbling down so it, it's literally just by spending time under gravity under load of gravity yeah and figuring out optimal strategies to counteract it so if you're never spending time against gravity your body has no ability to have strategies you're, generated there's no to, to, yeah. exactly there's no there's no environmental you know stimulus this, exactly environmental stimulus the environment that you interact with teaches you how to to kind of work optimally within it so if you have no feedback from your feet from the ground to tell you how to generate tension through your foot or how to stabilize the joints of your foot or if that job's being done for your body instead of needing to be done by your body then you get terrible at it and when you take you, away that support exactly and combine that with that, that lack of time under tension it's yeah. just like you're not doing reps of, of being on your feet like that's simple as that so mm-hmm. so i mean it all that being said I start think by spending time barefoot at home that's yeah. like the easy it's free anyone can do it and it literally makes huge differences yeah and and be aware so. and it's like you're it's not a just get a tune i think the, like just get a tune with how your body responds to it and and like listen to these signs and signals from your body and and that like it, it'll go well just like the baby learning how to move they listen mm-hmm. they listen to things they learn things and then you know in three years they're they're walking and running it's like you know we've all done that at one point so we we just need to be able to be patient and do it again but mm-hmm. if if we're using all of these things in society that that take away all of this stimulus and all this input that we need to actually make the appropriate adjustments mm-hmm. um, if, if we're not getting the feedback that we need from the environment then it's going to be a much harder job um, for us to do so yeah, agreed and i think one thing i'm seeing is that i think health professionals are slowly getting better at, at telling people some of this stuff but they're way too conservative, right? I had a patient the other day that was, um, that, or I don't know if it was a patient or someone that emailed, but it was like, yeah, so my physio right now is trying to get me out of beefy running shoes. Um, but they're saying that I should do a one millimeter drop and do that for four months, which to me, (laughs) I was like, okay, where did they get that number from? Cause it sounds very fancy. It sounds like it was from a research study, but I don't think it was, it was an arbitrary number. And that's so slow. It's like your body can accommodate fairly quickly like Mm -hmm. go barefoot at home your body's automatically going to start to adjust right you don't have to do one you don't have to buy eight pairs of shoes to transition from the shoe you're in now to a vibram just get a good pair of everyday shoes that are completely flat and start using them for walking and Mm -hmm. day-to-day stuff then your body starts to adapt and then it's like okay you want to start running perfect so do a two-minute walk a one-minute jog and do that and see how that feels Mm -hmm. How do you feel the next day? Are your calves jacked up? Okay, do a little bit of calf tissue work and then don't progress the amount of jogging time until you're able to do that or running time until you can do that and not be in pain and then bump up from there. Like people just, it should be intuitively logic that you have to build up a tolerance. Just like if you wanted to bench press 300 pounds, you start with the bar, then you put weight on the bar and you see how it feels. If you're, if you're crazy sore or something's hurting, you don't keep progressing. It's like the intuitive animal inside of us is lost um, based on all these like, manufactured like the fact that we have a frontal cortex and we've made up all these like laws and rules and all these things but it's like uh, like a deer in nature knows this like they if they 
you know what I mean? Like uh, an animal in nature knows that knows their body better than than we do, just because yeah. all these made up things. So, but it, unfortunately, we have to like explain this to people because we're so kind of far gone from that. Well, and, we're disconnected and, from using our body's natural signaling pathways, like pain. Yeah. We've already talked about that um, on a podcast. But like using pain to guide you whether what you're doing is good, bad, or needs to be adjusted in terms of the speed that you're doing it at. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we, there's an over reliance on technology. So your watch now tells you whether you're doing too much or too little or sleeping too much or too little. It's like, how about you just feel whether or not you're sleeping enough? Mm-hmm. And then the other part is like our over-reliance on the medical system. So that if you get the tiniest little ache, instead of like trying to figure it out yourself and be like, oh, I did this yesterday. Now I'm achy. Maybe I did too much. Or maybe I got to work on how I did that. It's like, oh, this hurts. I, I got to go see my doctor. Or I got to take a leave or I got to go see my physio. It's like, just try and understand how your body works a tiny bit better and you can troubleshoot so many of the little small things um like it's your body so you may as well understand at a base level how it works so that you can take care of it yourself for the rest of your life it's almost like the, right? back to the kids too it's like they kids are, are almost when they when they expose themselves like when they're wrestling or if they get hurt or if they're playing a sport when they're young enough they're they're um, almost like beneficially ignorant to to all of these things. Mm-hmm. So it's like they'll fall in their head. But I think it's like almost, but then society kicks in and then like parents kick in and it's like, oh my God, like what'd you do? Like what, oh no. And then like, I think we learn things from from society and from our parents and from our from our like older peers where it's like or teachers mm-hmm. it's like oh my and it's like this alarm system from other people telling us what just happened is bad it's like when the baby falls when no one's looking and they don't cry but then they see when somebody looks over they start crying yeah. like it's this weird it's like phenomenon where they yeah, yeah it's all learned so I, I think just getting back to our primal selves is is, is part of that but for sure so anyway yeah. hopefully that hopefully that episode um kind of debunks the perception that vibrams are bad for your body they're not they're good for your body all of the points that were claimed by them that the lawsuit you know the whole point of this lawsuit was to say those points are false all the points are correct okay you don't need an actual study to show that by using a muscle it gets stronger by eliminating a ramp your posture improves because we're supposed to stand on flat ground like it's just they just don't hold water and i think it's just a you know lawyers made money out of this whole thing that's all that happened it's really just yeah you know don't take the headline at face value and think that vibrams are bad for you because they're not okay the shoes that you're on your feet right now and are being probably barefoot, not very good for you being barefoot is not bad for you either because like that's a step yeah. further but it's the same thing it's like well vibrams are very very close to you being barefoot yeah they get barefoot's closer not to being barefoot. and it's not bad barefoot's like that's how we were born we're like yeah. we're so therefore if you draw those two together it's like barefoot's not bad therefore vibrams aren't bad it's how you're you're using them or if you're ready for them yeah are your feet ready to or be barefoot? how are you using them so yeah anyway hope you guys enjoyed that episode we'll catch you next week with another one thanks bye